Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. Sportsbet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sportsbet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams, both collegially and professionally. There are multiple ways to bet, including in-game, which gets you into the action live as the game unfolds, and parlay betting, where you could have a chance to win big. Sportsbet Montana is a secure and interactive way to win while watching your favorite sports. Bets can be placed securely on the mobile app while at an authorized Sportsbet Montana location or by using the Sportsbet Montana kiosk located at approved vendors. Montana bettors have wagered more than $28 million since Sportsbet Montana launched almost a year ago, and in that time, bettors have won more than $25 million. Sportsbet Montana's retail partners have more than $1.7 million in commission. Head on down to your authorized Sportsbet Montana locations and get in on the fun today. Hey everybody, hope you have some good plans for your weekend. It's beautiful on the east side of the Continental Divide. I'm sitting in Bozeman, Montana. You're listening to Nuanez Now on 102.9 ESPN Missoula. I am Coulter Nuanas. We do this each and every weekday from 4 to 6 p.m. right here on 1029. If you're watching in on SWX Montana Television, you see an empty studio. Well, that's because I'm over here. This is the thing in the first hour of the show. Fun first hour. Swing by the Montana State Football Offices. Caught up with B.J. Robertson. He's the assistant head coach as well as the special teams coordinator and the director of high school football operations at Montana State. Talked all things Bobcat football. We'll be checking out Bobcat football practice tomorrow. Also caught up with Clint May. He actually built a, quite a career here in Bozeman as the uh, head cross-country coach, helping the Bozeman Hawks become truly nationally relevant, nationally renowned. Ten straight high school cross-country championships on the girls' side under Coach May and uh, nine straight on the boys' side. So one of the great dynasties in the history of high school sports. Under Clint May, he's now the... Uh, 
head track and field coach for the University of Montana. Uh, so the interim head track and field coach. You heard there in the sports center. That was I forgot to take out yesterday's sports center, so apologies for that. Congratulations to Dante Olson headed north to the Edmonton Eskimos. That's a big deal for him. Get a chance to carry on his professional football career. Former Buck Buchanan Award winner and Montana Grizz linebacker. But we teased Tori Martell's performance last night at uh, the NCAA Final Four in the women's three-point shooting contest. And in fact, it, that was uh, one day behind because she is the winner of that thing. Pretty darn impressive. I'm joined now by Brooks Nuana, SkylineSportsMT.com. My brother, my business partner, as well as uh, regular contributor to the show here on Nuana is now. And let's start there, Brooks. I was actually at a meeting last night, so I was just following it via Twitter and stuff like that. But you got a chance to actually, actually watch it. And when you really think about it, it's definitely one of the coolest moments for women's basketball that we've got a chance to cover. I mean, Tori Martell won the national three-point shooting contest on national TV at the men's Final Four. It was unbelievable. It really was unbelievable. She put on a performance, man. Her first rack of the first round, not very good. Not very good. And after that, she was lights out. Yeah. I think she went 17. Uh, 19, 22, 22. Um, the 22 in the finals was really impressive. It's not easy to go out there and shoot like that. I've watched her shoot her entire career. I've covered her since her recruiting cycle as well as all four years as a player. She is a great shooter. She does have a little bit of a load up when she goes to shoot it. Mm-hmm. So sometimes is it built for a, a three-point contest? I was unsure, but she really put on a performance. And once she got hot, you could tell that she was living in the moment. That last 22, I mean, she won 22 to, I believe, 10 or 11. She beat the girl in the championship. She blew the doors off and had a really good chance to win in the men versus women. The, the two champions shot off, uh, and she had a really good chance. She went 22 there as well, so really impressive performance by Tori Martell. Pretty amazing to cap your career like that, too. Pretty special moment for her. And great marketing for uh, Montana State. So we're going to play a little buy or sell, basically just sports questions about a variety of different sports topics, but we'll start with that one. Buy or sell. Tori Martell winning the three-point contest last night is worth more in terms of national exposure than winning an NCAA tournament game in the men's tournament. I'm selling that one. Uh, just solely because if you win a tournament game in, in the men's game, your your national recruiting profile really increases. For so sure. the chance that you have to win one gives you a, the league a chance to win another just by the fact that you might get a, a new recruiting cycle that looks a little bit different due to exposure. And I mean, even when we win the play-in game, it's a, it's a covered thing. It is. It's here nor there. But the women's tournament's been covered well. But like Norfolk State, when they won the play game, the Norfolk State coaches didn't on Scott Van Pelt that night. You know, that's I mean, he's on National Sports Center. That's that's pretty big time. So I agree. But it, it was great exposure for Montana State as an institution, as an academic uh, athletic department. Excuse me. And just a cool moment for Tori Martell, young lady that we always enjoyed covering throughout her uh, college career. Okay, NCAA Final Four is tomorrow, and we got matchups between the uh, Houston Cougars and the Baylor Bears, and then on the other side, an old dynasty versus perhaps the new dynasty, UCLA, in their 19th Final Four going against Gonzaga in just their second ever Final Four. Gonzaga right now sits at 30-0. and 0. It's been since 1976 that a Division One basketball team went undefeated. The Indiana Hoosiers under Bobby Knight. 
some 55 years ago, the last college basketball team to completely run the table. Crazy that 1976 was 55 years ago, but here nor there. Gonzaga, if they win two more games, they'll have the first national championship in their school's history, and they'll be the first undefeated team in 55 years. If Gonzaga wins two more games, do they deserve to be ranked among the greatest college basketball teams in the history of the sport, buy or sell? I'll buy that one. Uh, we talked about it on the show earlier this week. I think Gonzaga, just a tremendous historical team, uh, not only due to talent, but just due to the way that they're winning. I mean, they're beating the breaks off teams, and they're good teams. We saw early in, the, in their non-conference, they beat the breaks off a couple of really good teams. They, they power through co- their conference schedule, and now, when you look at the, the betting lines, it's very rare, as right now, they're 14.5 point favorites in the Final Four. I think that you have to consider them. Every generation is different. Um, every era is different, but of this recent era, I think uh, you definitely have to consider them one of the greatest college teams ever. Uh, what say you? There absolutely are. I think that some people might argue there's been teams that have had more NBA talent. I, I harken back to that Duke team in the early 2000s that had guys like Jay Williams and Elton Brand and Trajan Langdon and William Avery. They were all first-round draft picks. Shane Battier might have even been on that team. Uh, there's a, a Duke team a couple years after that that had Battier and Mike Dunleavy Jr. and uh, one other guard that uh, went on to the NBA. There's the great North Carolina teams. You know, the team that with Raymond Felton and Sean May and Rashad McCants, Marvin Williams. The, the Florida teams with Joe Kim Noah and Al Horford and uh, Terry on Green and um, they had a good point card, too. His name's escaping me right now. But regardless, those are the teams that really... And then, obviously, the teams in the late 90, or late 80s, early 90s, like uh, the Duke teams with Bobby Hurley and Christian Leighton, or the UNLV teams with Larry Johnson and Stacey Ogman. Um, the Georgetown team with Patrick Ewing and sure. took down uh, Hakeem Olajuwon in Houston the last time Houston made the Final Four. Five Slamma Jamma. Yeah. I mean, that team has to be up there for sure. That's actually funny because some of the teams with the, the... It shows you how hard it is to win the NCAA tournament because actually some of the teams with the most legendary reputations, five slam jamma, three straight Final Fours, but only one national championship. UNLV, four Final Fours in five years, only one national championship. The Fab Five, Fab Five, one, one national championship. They may, they were there, but it shows you how hard it is to to win. And let's not leave out UCLA and, sure. and, the, and some teams with Bill Walton. Um, of course. Know, those great, yeah, yeah, the 60s and 70s UCLA teams, I mean, 12 straight Final Fours, those teams were, were pretty much untouchable. But I do think this Gonzaga team, um, I think for their relentless execution, the way that they, they don't even go on runs. They just... It's just a constant onslaught. They just they just score and score and score and score, but they also string together stops too, and that's the most impressive part. I do think they have at least three NBA guys. Jalen Suggs is absolutely going to be a top five pick. I think Corey Kispert's probably going to be a lottery pick. I think that Drew Timmy stays in school for one more year, he'll end up being a first round pick as well. But uh, more than that, I think it's their their selflessness, and I also think that time, place, and location is essential. I mean, in our lifetimes, we've only seen seen two teams from west of the Mississippi win the national championship. That's it. Kansas in 2008 and Arizona in 1997. That's it. That's it. That's all. So even to have a West Coast team in the Final Four, uh, it's historic and it means a lot for this region. Sticking on college hoops, this one actually wasn't on the sheet, but this is worth noting. Yesterday, Roy Williams announced his retirement. 
He had 900 plus wins. He's the only school, uh, the only coach in the history of Division One men's basketball to win more than 400 games at two different schools. He won national championships at both Kansas and North Carolina, and he ended up winning three at his alma mater at North Carolina. And uh, so, my question for you is. The third national championship helped him surpass his mentor and his college coach, Dean Smith, in overall national championships. Is Roy Williams the greatest coach in the history of North Carolina men's basketball? Oh, that's a tough one. I think that when you fall back on historical elements like that, you kind of say first is best. First paves the way for, for what comes after. And I think that that is Dean Smith, not only in a nutshell, but in the college men's college basketball as a whole. I mean, there was a lot of coaches that really had a chance or took so much from the Dean Smith um, program. The idea of becoming a better man than you are a player. The idea of instilling quotes every day before practice. The idea of the philosophical nature of basketball. Dean Smith was one of those guys. Whereas a a Bobby Knight is more of a a ride you hard, play defense. I'm not your friend off the court. I'm not your friend on the court. Dean Smith created that family environment, especially in North Carolina. So I think it would be really hard to say that Roy Williams is a better coach, especially due to his legacy at Kansas. I'll sell that one. Nuan is now 1029 ESPN Missoula, well, statewide television, SWX Montana. If you're watching in and you see an empty radio studio, that's because we are here in Bozeman broadcasting to you live from Bozeman. I'm Coulter Nuanas, Brooks Nuanas, sitting in with me. I also think that. Roy Williams deserves, or excuse me, Dean Smith deserves so much credit because people forget that North Carolina, it, they've been defined by their basketball program since Dean Smith was the coach. And North Carolina, in its essence, is like a high-level, almost borderline private school. It's not a private school, but they were known for their academics. That's it, that's all, for a really long time. And Dean Smith changed that. And obviously, if you recruit and develop... Michael Jordan, that's pretty impressive, too. That's that's going to leave a long-lasting uh, legacy for you and, and your school, so I agree. Okay, so University of Texas, they are never satisfied. They are ruthless uh, in the way that they operate their athletic department until they reach the ranks of being nationally elite again. I think we're going to see some pretty inpa- a pretty impatient fan base, pretty impatient athletic administration. <laughs> Steve Sarkeesian, hired as the new football coach at Texas, and Chris Beard, formerly of Texas Tech, hired as the new basketball coach. Chris Beard replaces Shaka Smart, who everybody thought was going to be the savior, and Steve Sarkeesian takes over for Todd Herman, who, by the way, everybody thought was going to be the savior. Buy or sell Chris Beard or Steve Sarkeesian, who is going to be the latest or the next savior for the Texas Longhorns? I'd sell both of them. Interesting. Um, if I had to pick one, I would say Chris Beard. Um, not that I don't believe in Steve Sarkeesian and, and that program, that football program, with Jeff Choate, the former Montana State head coach, going there, is something that will be on our radar for the next couple of years. Texas has always been on my radar. You know that when I was a young, oh, yeah. young kid, oh, yeah. Texas oh, yeah. was Ricky my Williams, jam. Ricky Williams, baby. Ricky Williams, Roy Williams. Uh, I was a big Texas fan growing up in Montana. You kind of get to pick and choose since there's nothing extremely regional on the national level uh, and the FBS level. So... Honestly, until until they prove it, I, I don't know what's wrong there, but there's something wrong there. And they have not been nationally elite. And I think it's even been more than that. They have been sure. in the middle. They have been close to 500. I thought Shaka Smart did a pretty good job there. Obviously not good enough. If I had to pick just due to Chris's beard's intensity, Steve Sarkeesian has a really interesting resume. Some great NFL experience. 
I just don't know program-wise what how much discipline he can instill in a program to take them to this completely next level in the Alabama era. Chris Beard is a disciplinarian and a go-getter. He is a yeller yeah. and a screamer and a defensive mind. And those kind of things, I think, can translate a little bit better to a quicker turnaround. Um, Steve Sarkeesian, they're going to throw a lot of money at that football program. Honestly, until they prove it at that school, I would I would say I'd sell both of them. But if I had to pick, I'd say Chris Beard. Because of the influx of technology, particularly when it comes to college football, these Power 5 programs, everybody's got an iPad. Everybody's got instant huddle. Everybody's got all the resources. So what you do as a coach, like what you run, it's irrelevant because everybody runs everything at all the time and you can stop everything at all the time. There's nothing you're going to be able to run that's going to be completely and utterly different. Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma has sort of pushed the envelope in that element, but Clemson, Ohio State, and Alabama are the three best programs in the country by far, and they're in the college football playoffs every single year, almost undoubtedly, because of one thing, recruiting. That's it. So it doesn't come down. It has nothing to do with what plays Steve Sarkeesian or Jeff Choate or Pete Kwiatkowski call for Texas football. It only comes down to the dudes that they get. So that's what those guys got to do. That's half the reason why I think they brought Jeff Choate in. Is you you got to go get Miles Garrett and not let him go to Texas A&M. You know you, you need to go back to the old school way of, of getting the Brian Iraq pose because those guys have been going to Baylor and A&M and Alabama and Georgia lately, not Texas. You know, and, and some some of it is such circumstance too. Like when I was in high school, th- th- seriously, I, I would say the three most hyped high school quarterbacks of the last 20 years were Jimmy Clausen, who ended up going to Notre Dame, Mitch Mustaine, who ended up going to Arkansas, and then to USC, and Garrett Gilbert, who was the only player in the history of the country to be the two-time National Gatorade Player of the Year. Well... Mac Brown got Garrett Gilbert on campus. Mac Brown landed the biggest recruit to that point in the history of college football. Garrett Gilbert ended up sucking at Texas. He got hurt. He could never find his way. And in the meantime, Johnny Manziel and Robert Griffin III are ripping it up at their respective schools. But at some point, it's just luck. It, like you could, you if you were Mac Brown at that exact moment, and you got Garrett Gilbert to come to your program. It's you weren't you weren't wrong. You were in fact right. You won. No one knew Johnny Manziel was going to become Johnny Football. Nobody knew that Robert Griffin III was going to be what he became. And sometimes the game evolves away from you too. And so they had uh, the circumstance of doing that. So I guess the point is though, back to the point of what you run. You can make a huge difference with what you run in basketball. Chris Beard has a culture of high intensity presses. He took Texas Tech and turned them into a Final Four team because of the system. They have good players. He has a chance to have better players at Texas. But it's the system that got it there. So I, I think that I'm buying Chris Beard because I do think that he himself has more of an opportunity to make an impact. Do, do you think that the conference plays? Do you think that the Big 12 being at best the third best football conference in the country plays? Because right now the Big 10 and the SEC are, are dominant and then Clemson has the ACC really relevant. So do you think that the Big 12 holds yes. Texas back right now? I mean, it's a, there's, there's no question why uh, 
Texas A&M left the Big 12 for right. SEC because right. they were tired of losing recruits to Georgia and LSU and Florida and Alabama just because of the SEC. And that's what Texas is having happen right now is that they are losing so many recruits from the state of Texas. Exactly. The football mecca of the world to the SEC. That's why they should just go independent. They should just write it and just say they should go independent and then they should just play SEC schools all day. Like Notre Dame in a way? They should just play half a dozen SEC schools and then also Ohio State and Penn State and then also Oregon every year. In Oklahoma. Keep the, keep you gotta, the Red You got to keep the Red River shootout going Absolutely, for sure. Yeah. Nuana's now one of tonight ESPN Missoula Statewide Television, SWX Montana Television. We have Radcasting live from Bozeman, Montana. I'm Coulter Nuanas, Brooks Nuanas, sitting in with me. Okay, speaking of quarterbacks, I think everybody agrees that Trevor Lawrence is going to go number one. Uh, I think that... Um, but then we don't know what's going to happen with the rest. Zach Wilson's going too. You think Zach Wilson's going too for sure? For sure. Okay, so then the Niners trade up, and they obviously like a guy. Yep. There's multiple different thoughts on who that guy might be. Yep. Mac Jones has gotten a lot of traction. Yep. I think Mac Jones is hilarious because I think if Mac Jones was in any other quarterback class, we would think he was a top five pick. But because he's the fourth best quarterback in his class, he's somehow people are saying it's going to be a reach if he goes in the top ten. I mean, Mac Jones, I know he had great skill guys around him, but Mac Jones is the best quarterback in Alabama history in terms of his NFL readiness. Yeah, Tua Tagovailoa before he was hurt, I should say, but... I mean, I think Mac Jones is more NFL than Jalen Hurts, and Jalen Hurts is about to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. Regardless, and then Trey Lance is this guy who's had, he's got 17 college games under his belt. That's the craziest part, is that even though Trey Lance only has 17 games under his belt, he still started more games in his career than Mac Jones did. Yep. And so, where are we at, I guess? And then Justin Fields, I like Justin Fields more than these guys. Like, I, I, I this, this, this happens every year, where the guy who you didn't know who he was until the second half of his last year starts blowing up and everybody starts loving him. And sometimes that guy has Carson Wentz and he turns out to be pretty good. Sometimes that guy's Aaron Rodgers and he turns out to be the all-time greatest. And sometimes that guy's Mitch Trubisky or Jamarcus Russell or, you know, insert name here. That's Zach Wilson to me. I don't know where Justin Fields fell off. I don't know why. I watch, I, 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 I have a proximity bias because I watch Justin Fields more than anybody that that we're talking about right now because uh, our good friend and my roommate is an Ohio State guy, so I watched every Ohio State game because I was just was on at my house. Well, he started Saturday. 50 of them, so you had a chance to see That's stuff. what I'm yeah. saying. And to me, I just don't get, like, Justin Fields, to me, Justin Fields is Justin Herbert. Not in the fact that he's that as good as and talented as Herbert, but he's the guy that has the biggest sample size, so he has the sample size that we pick apart the most. And I just think that we got to learn sometime about from from the past, right? Like to me, Zach Wilson was only g- good for such a short period of time that I would be hesitant to take him. So, I guess the question is: buy or sell Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, or Mac Jones? It's a really good question. Depends on the fit, right? I and think I think Zach Wilson's going to just because the ceiling is high. Um, the sample size is, is 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 larger than Mac Jones. It's larger than Trey Lance, and. Everyone saw his pro day. Everyone saw a couple throws. I mean, I think the ceiling is really high. The Jets have to swing for the fences. Um, I don't think that you can take a Mac Jones. I don't think you can take a Trey Lance. And I think Justin Fields may fall into that spot. I don't know, but I think that it's the reporting is pretty solid that it's Zach Wilson. So, by yourself for the 49ers, 
the most hype or the most consistent reporting is on Mac Jones right now. Is that they traded up for Mac Jones due to his accuracy, due to what how he fits in the Kyle Shanahan system. For me personally, the way that the NFL is going, we see, as you mentioned, a guy like Jalen Hurts is going to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. The NFL is moving to this system of mobility and how important that is. To me, Mac Jones has a very accurate arm. Mac Jones is an NFL quarterback. But right now, and this is a small sample size, I think Mac Jones started 17 games as well, just like Trey Lance. To me, right now, Mac Jones is a poor man's Jared Goff. Mac Jones nice. is a little bit better than Mitch Trubisky. Mac Jones is probably not as good as Ryan Tannehill. Would you take Ryan Tannehill knowing what he's going to become with the third overall pick? I would not. I think Justin Fields has the biggest sample size, and as you mentioned, sometimes you can start to pick apart a guy when you have so much tape on him. I think Justin Fields falls into that category, but if it were me, just due to the ceiling, and again, this is not necessarily saying that it's Kyle Shanahan, but if you want the number third pick and due to the ceiling, just due to the, the physical abilities mixed with the mental abilities, I would take Trey Lance. I will have egg on my face for this. If it come, turns out to be wrong, I have a high chance of this being wrong. A uh, part of this is just because I just don't like Trevor Lawrence. I think Justin Fields is the best quarterback in this class. I think Justin Fields will be the best NFL guy of these guys. I know that I am absolutely in the vast minority in that. I have not heard a single person say that. I know everybody's in love with the golden boy and Trevor Lawrence, and I know Zach Wilson's the guy that's the high riser. Trey Lance is the guy with the crazy upside. Mac Jones is the guy that operated the greatest offensive college football history, I just like Justin Fields more than any of them. And you're saying that in the sense that you know it better than anyone. Being the best quarterback in a class is not being the same as being the best NFL quarterback in a class. Exactly. You think he's the best NFL quarterback. I think he's the best NFL quarterback Impressive. in the class. Okay. You want us now on tonight ESPN Missoula. SWX Montana Television. we got to get out. Carolyn, two who doesn't know sports, swinging by. Keep it right here. One two nine ESPN Missoula. The world may have slowed down, but it didn't stop. If you're back on the road and traveling to Missoula, we invite you to give Missoula's Wingate a try. We love our regular corporate guests and offer fantastic service, great year-round rates, and clean and comfortable rooms that will keep you coming back. While you're here, you can rack up the Wyndham Rewards points for free nights or airline miles. And starting in July, you can release some steam in our newly expanded fitness room. The team at Missoula's Wingate would love to make you feel at home Friday evening. Hope everybody has great plans for the weekend. It's beautiful. I'm over in Bozeman, Montana. Sun shining. My car said low 70s. So maybe we finally are on the other side. Maybe it is finally springtime. Can't wait to enjoy some golf in the summer. It's going to be awesome. You listen to Nuanez now, 1029 ESPN Missoula. If you're looking at an empty studio there because you're watching on SWX Montana Television, well, that's because I'm here. I'm in Bozeman. Talking, uh, going to check out some Bobcat football tomorrow. We're going to dive all the way into spring football coverage this upcoming week once I get a chance to see the Bobcats. Obviously, we'll be seeing the Grizz live and in person for our official game on Saturday. So that'll be fun as well. So stay tuned for that. They say it's rude to talk about money, but sports are all about money. And Carolyn also loves to talk about money, especially in relation to sports. It's time for the chick who doesn't know sports. We do this each Friday here on Nuanez Now. Presented by the Iron Grizz American Bistro. Go check out the Iron Grizz American Bistro at the University of Montana Golf Course today. I have several things to talk to you about. 
Carolyn, including teenagers that are declared for the NBA draft, shortstops that are turning down $375 million contract offers. But what do you have? Well, since I love money so much, as we say, <laughs> let's talk about Tiger Woods for a second. Oh, boy. Tiger Woods, they have determined the crash, yep. the cause of the crash, and they are not releasing the information because of privacy concerns. How does that work? And this is because he is loaded. Right. He is Tiger Woods. But, like, there's a lot of famous if, people that are loaded. How do they not all know? I don't know, off? but they're saying they um, can't release any information until they get permission from Tiger Woods, which makes me think he was under some sort of an influence. Hmm. However, but how then that, they couldn't, then they would be able to press charges, correct? Right. That's what I'm saying. I, I think that, um, I think the fact that they're not releasing it means there was no criminal. So why wouldn't they just say that then? Right, but I, I just I don't think that you could have if he if he had a toxicology report that indicated that he was not sober during the accident. I just don't think that it's possible to not release that. Now, if he was um, had Ambien in his system, see that was what I was thinking too. If he is prescribed Ambien, which I believe in the past he was, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if he still is. Although that is very tenuous considering his uh, history of drug abuse and the fact that he's had to go to rehab before because I mean it is a very strong benzodiazepine that's like not really good for your brain it's for the girl. best well <laughs> I'm just kidding in moderation I suppose uh, the that was my initial thought was that he took Ambien the night before and that he was groggy and that he was late and mm-hmm. that and that was all all everything was converging and, and caused for this accident my point is is if it wasn't Tiger Woods and thank God no one else was hurt. Would there be charges pressed? Would there? I mean, they're saying it's an accident, but if you're under the influence, whether you took the Ambien the night before or the morning of or whatever, you're under the influence, right? So I'm just curious if this wasn't a celebrity, if he would have been charged with something. Maybe not. Maybe I'm just jaded. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. There's obviously definitive reasons why he is being protected. Um, I also think that if he was under the influence, I don't think it doesn't matter how much money you have. I feel like if you if you commit a crime and you get a wreck, I don't know. I don't I don't really know how you would pay off the police in that. Well, he situation. did. No one else was hurt. Sure. So I don't know. But if you got pulled over and you're under the influence of Ambien. Not like you just got pulled over because you're swerving or something. Would you be arrested? Would you? Would there be a crime there? I don't know. Well, I mean, Tiger's already got arrested for driving around when he was all yeah, but he was drunk too. I think no, no drug, no oh. alcohol, just five different drugs. Jesus. Well, I don't know. We'll we'll never know because Tiger won't probably release that information. Yeah. Well, I still stand by the fact that he's going to make a return and it's going to be glorious. Great. I hope so. Yeah. Good times. Uh, what else you got, Carolyn? Um, the Utah Jazz, when they were flying somewhere, their plane hit a flock of birds and caught on fire, and they all thought they were going to die. I'm sure they did. It sounds like my worst nightmare. And I saw a picture of the front of the plane, and it's like a bloodbath. Yes, it it, uh, it was a, a messy scene, to be sure. Um because Salt Lake City is relatively close to the, me- the media markets that we have interactions with, um, particularly with, at Skyline Sports through my Big Sky Conference coverage. I know a gal who used to cover Idaho State who now covers the Jazz, and she was tweeting pictures about it, and yeah, it was not pretty. I don't even know what I would do besides barf everywhere. Yeah. Ugh. This Poor not birds. Sound fun. Poor birds. R.I.P. birds. I can't wait until this becomes some sort of... Um, 
mean? Animal rights oh. activist. Uh, yeah. The Utah Jazz hates birds. Is that what's going to be next? My mom was asking me last night, did you see any famous people when you're at the NCAA tournament? I said, no, famous people can't afford to go to the NCAA tournament because they might get pictures of themselves taken and then get shamed for being in public. Right. Hence the world we live in. Right. Well, um, also today marks the 36th birthday for Air Jordans. The first Air Jordans were released um, 36 years ago for $65. It's amazing to think how much that changed the sporting landscape. I mean, Converse dominated the shoe industry at that moment in time. Okay, hold on. On. I cannot imagine playing basketball or any sports oh, in Converse. I think about it all the time. I, re- I just got done reading that book right there that on the bookshelf, Le- the Larry Bird autobiography. Oh, yeah. And he's talking about when he first went to his first tryout at Indiana State where he ended up going. They, they gave him gym shorts and, and like a practice jersey. And he was like, I play in basketball jeans? in jeans. Oh, my God. And they're like, what? You're like in, a, uh, like in high school. Like He obviously wore shorts when he was playing in games. But like for practice, they only wore jeans. That was so boy. random. But yeah, I mean, I, I can't imagine. I mean, imagine, the, and those guys were, I mean, the athleticism slightly better now. It's more widespread. Everybody's a great athlete. But the most athletic guys in the NBA in the 60s and 70s and 80s are just as athletic as the guys now. And imagine being like LeBron James or Russell Westbrook and jumping around like that in those canvas shoes. Oh my God. I can't even wear them like for a full day. And my yeah. back starts hurting. My knees are like disjointed yeah. is that a word I don't know awful anyway thanks Air Jordan it's amazing how much it changed the world though because truly the sneakers it propelled Michael Jordan's stardom to the point where he was globally famous and it changed the way that athletes are paid the endorsement deals all of it yeah I mean one of those undertold stories of the Chicago Bulls is that Jerry Reinsdorf and Jerry Krause the man the executive management of the team are two of the cheapest guys in the history of pro sports and they almost lost Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen for refusing to pay them. But one of the main reasons why Michael Jordan stayed in Chicago for so long, even though he was one of the most underpaid players in the NBA, was because he was making so much money off of his shoes. And so who would who knows what the arc of history would have looked like if Michael Jordan didn't have those endorsements? What would have happened with the Bulls? You never that know. That would be a great movie. Absolutely. Like, what? Would have happened. You know what you you know what book you need to read. You'll love this. I know you're never going to read like a f- true sports book, but you need to read Michael Jordan and the world he made. Okay, it's about his cultural influence, not necessarily his basketball. I'll, I'll read that. You would love it. Okay. It's so good. Like how truly the phenomenon is still as mind blowing today, because we know how things going viral and famous people work and stuff like that. Now, how could you possibly make? sneakers famous in third world countries where they don't even have TV. It's a mind-blowing thing. There was a moment in time where Michael Jordan could have gone into like an African village and they would know who he is. Right. That's crazy. It's so funny too growing up in Chicago because I assumed like everything was Chicago in the 80s. Like all the John Hughes movies, Michael Jordan, Dunkin' Donuts. I don't know. It just all seemed so... I thought the whole world revolved around Chicago. Like I didn't realize that, I I guess I didn't realize that the whole world knew all of these things that I was growing up with. Right, 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 right. Yeah, no, that's, that is fascinating. That's the other thing Larry Bird talks about is how when he was growing up in small town, Indiana, he had literally no worldview. Like he had never considered that there was anything, like his worldview was to like the Indiana Hoosiers. That's that's the biggest thing he ever, he said he went to this 
basketball game in Kentucky one time, and he didn't have any idea until the fourth quarter that he was watching a professional basketball game. He thought he was just like at this place and dad no idea where he was play at. basketball? Yeah. Mm. Amazing. It's amazing how much the internet has changed the world. Yep. I don't necessarily think it's a good thing, though. No, absolutely not. Mm. What else you got, Carolyn? It is the Chick Who Doesn't Know Sports presented by I the got- Iron Grizz American Bistro. I'm really short on sports stuff That's today. Okay. It's I have been a week. To ask All right, you talk about. to me, Goose. Okay, yeah, okay. So we're gonna dive into my side of things. Okay, Cade Cunningham. He is. Uh, he was the one of the top recruits in the country coming out of high school. He's a six foot eight combo guard who played this last year at Oklahoma State. He is projected as the future number one pick in the NBA draft. He declared for the NBA draft today. He is 19 years old, and he is set to make at least $30 million in his first years as a pro. Your thoughts? Well, you know how I feel about this. Um, is there a reason he doesn't want to go to school and get his degree? Is it the $30 million or uh, You would be so surprised to know, I think, that most of these guys don't want to go to school or get their degrees. They only want to go to the NBA. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The problem is that only about 15 guys every year make it out of thousands of college basketball players. And he could get injured. He absolutely could get injured. So my- That's why you got to take the money now. You get it up front. Well, you get a signing bonus, and you're going to get a, your rookie contract is guaranteed. So he can. So get, even if you blow out, as soon as you're drafted, you get that money. Thirty million. He'll probably sign a rook, the rookie minimum contract, which is probably be between eighteen and, and twenty five million, and then he'll probably get between five and ten as a signing bonus. What team? Uh, well, we had this season has to end before we know who gets the number one pick, but okay. he will likely. I mean, the worst records in the NBA uh, belong to like the Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, I don't know. There's some other bad teams in the league. There's actually not as many bad. The Detroit Pistons will be in the mix. The Orlando Magic, the Houston Rockets. I mean, I get, I, I, I understand the the money. I get it, but I get really annoyed at this. They should they should finish school and then get their twelve million like the rest of us. I mean, would I, you be less annoyed if they never went to school in the first place? No, I want them to go to school and get educated. But they're not getting education. That's the fundamental flaw of the system. It's why the one and done rule is so dumb. Because all you have to do as a college athlete to be eligible is to have passing grades the previous semester for the season that Mm -hmm. you're playing in, right? So if you're a guy like Cade Cunningham who's coming out of high school and you know, you know that you're going to go to the NBA after one year, all you have to do is get four passing grades, four classes worth of passing grades between summer school and fall semester. And then during the spring, it doesn't matter if you fail out because you're going to the NBA. Well, and so th- these guys are not even they're The facade that they're even going to school is crazy. And like, I, I'm not saying Kate Cunningham, but I know for sure there's many players in college basketball that they know they're going to be one and done. And so they never even take a class on campus. Not one. They take online classes and they do nothing but shoot hoops and well, then Do I guess whatever. I hope they're taking an accounting class <laughs> because <laughs> so unlikely. I want I do I I want the best for them, and I don't want them to blow all their money on, you know, Escalades and stuff. <laughs> escalades and stuff. Oh my god! Fancy cars. I don't know what. That's rich a fancy people, car. Teslas. Um, Teslas. You know. Yeah, I mean, um, 
gosh, you have to watch this broke documentary. I know this is the seventh time I've told I you know. on this segment, but you have to watch it. You'd be so blown away. What is it on again? ESPN? It's, it's, a, it's a 30 for 30, so it's on okay. ESPN+. Plus. I probably even have like the DVD. I don't uh, have a DVD player. Wow. It is 2021. I'm just kidding. You we don't have any CDs or I'm anything? Joking. I do have CDs, but That's I don't have good. a CD player. Um, All right. So you know my opinion. What's his name? Cade Cunningham. Cade Call me. I'll help you balance your checkbook. <laughs> the thing that's so funny about the cars is you think like they're going to buy an Escalade. They'll buy five. These guys buy, I mean, I should. it's broad sweeping to say all of these guys, but there is a very prominent culture, particularly in the NBA, to have as many fancy cars as you possibly can afford. That's so stupid. So most of the, a lot of these guys have five, 10, 15, 20 cars. This is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. God. It's truly amazing. Get it together. <laughs> you lose money. It depreciates the second you drive it off the lot. 100%. I need to go to the NBA and have a, do a presentation. You indeed do. <laughs> All right. What's next? Um, Francisco Lindor. He is one of my favorite players, or he was until he left my Cleveland Indians. He's one of the best um, shortstops in all of Major League Baseball. He signed, I guess he got traded, but then was up for a contract extension with the New York Mets. He was offered a 10-year, $325 million contract, which he said no to. Why? And then he was yesterday signed a 10-year, $341 million contract. With? With the Mets. Oh, okay. So, uh, it's the fourth largest arbitration contract, as they would say, in the history of Major League Baseball. Uh, but your thoughts on having the uh, the gumption to say no to $325 million? I mean, at that point, it's like $15 million difference. What's the... Who cares? He should have gone for the... I mean, it doesn't matter. He got what he, what he wanted. You know, he, he's clearly a good negotiator, or his management is. Um, I didn't realize shortstops were that important. He signed this guy. Well, I mean, it's a very important position, certainly, but also he, part of it is just his infectious personality, too. He's very marketable, and now mm -hmm. he's been in a small market in Cleveland. Now he's going to be in a huge market. He's going to be a super duper duper star as long as he performs right because he's he's like so smiley and cheerful and he's very handsome and he's uh yeah he's he's going to be a, a big star for sure well good you know what's crazy did he go to college no <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> no uh you want to know what the craziest part though what he's the fourth highest paid player in baseball there's three guys that make more than that mike trout signed a, currently or yeah mike trout mike trout signed a 426 million dollar contract People watch that much. Is there that much money in baseball? Uh, they have the greatest dual revenue stream because there's 162 games during a baseball season. And so they get money for playing 81 home games and all those games are on TV too. And all the hot dogs and old style. It, right. So like Trout plays in for, the, for Los Angeles. And so it is worth it to make sure you have him because it makes tens of millions of people tune, tune, in. tune into the on the TV. Like, you can have your TV rights cost so much money. Wild, right? Very wild. <laughs> if you had $427 million, what would you do? Well, I'd quit this job. <laughs> That's for sure. Um, what would I do? 
Well, I'd put it in a high yield um, <laughs> savings account and invest wisely. What would you um, invest in? Lakefront property. Okay. Oceanfront property. Yep. What else would I invest in? Um, I would not buy five Bentleys, I will tell you that much. <laughs> Maybe I'd buy one, but probably not. I'd probably, um, <laughs> I'd probably get a nice SUV with a third row. You know who should be your favorite player? Who? Kawhi Leonard. He still drives his like 1997 Grand, Grand Cherokee Laredo. Love it. <laughs> he Love it. Like worth who does millions. he play for? Uh, he now plays for the Los Angeles Clippers. Okay, my new favorite player. He doesn't talk either, so that's great. Great. All right. Uh, okay, last one. Tom Brady had surgery Ugh. on his knee. On his personality? <laughs> Can't fix that, I don't think. <laughs> um. Okay, what does this mean for him? I don't know. He might not mm. participate in any off-season activities, but I don't really think that that matters. What uh, does he do off-season besides be boring? I don't know. He was There's Instagram videos of him uh, throwing... To, Footballs to David Beckham. Remember when David Beckham was the man? You know, yes. And I try to get Nick on board with David Beckham, and he is all about Ronaldo. I try to get Nick on board with Pele. Pele's dope. Pele is like old school. Oh, yeah. But Ronaldo and Messi are where it's at right now. Well, for sure. I mean, Beckham was never really that good. He was just hot. Hot. And married to a Spice Girl. Spice Girl. But what happened to them? The Spice Girls? Yeah. They tried to have a comeback. Didn't work out. They were so good. What? <laughs> Didn't you think the Spice Girls were good? I had one good song. They had some good songs. Mm. I mean, it Girls, was the 90s. Spice Girls just destroy just... Taylor Swift and like modern pop music now. I'll give you that. I did a Spice Girls Peloton ride. It was pretty fun. <laughs> so, you know. Um, David Beckham. I never, he wasn't ever really my jam. Why, you just don't like the haircut? The half pony? That and like, you know, I'm really a personality person. And like <laughs> that, he just seemed like, eh. Yeah, uh. Like Tom Brady. Uh, Plus, fall- sorry. Oh, you're good. To maintain that bod, I'm sure he doesn't have a beer or a, a slice of pizza. You know what I mean? Uh, well, I mean, I think soccer players can eat a lot more of what they want, eat and drink, because they run for 40 miles a day. True. I mean, I don't know. I can't really imagine that the British guy isn't drinking some beers, right? I think they're don't, called pints yeah, there. Yeah, don't guys <laughs> from the UK and Ireland and stuff just drink all the time? Isn't I don't know. Do? I mean, I suppose so. Huh. But speaking of soccer, my son scored a goal last weekend, so nice. shout out to Nick and Super FC Missoula. good. Mm-hmm. Love it. He's normally plays defense, and he got to play forward. It's awesome. It's a really big deal. It's awesome. I'm telling you, you should go check out the girls' soccer team. I know. We're going to. Team. We're going to. They're at Sac State this week, but they're home next week against Eastern Washington. Okay. Well, I we, will be in Phoenix. We had their goalie, Claire Howard, on the show yesterday. She was tremendous. It was awesome. awesome. Yeah, it was a great interview. Anything else? No. What are you doing Sorry. this weekend? Uh, skiing and Eastering. Eastering. Very nice. This is the Chicken Doesn't Know Sports with our good friend Carolyn. We do this each and every Friday, brought to you by the Iron Grizz American Bistro. Nuana is now 1029 ESPN Missoula, SWX Montana Television. 
Blackfoot Communications is actively supporting the communities we serve across Montana and Idaho. We are installing hundreds of miles of fiber in our service territories, increasing the broadband experience in our rural communities. We are delivering remote workforce solutions for our business communities. We are creating new, innovative solutions for our local entrepreneurs and enterprise organizations. Learn how your company can benefit. Call today at 541-5000 or go to blackfootbusiness.com. Blackfoot Communications. Connect to more. Statewide Television, SWX Montana. Beautiful, sunshiny day in Bozeman, Montana. Thanks to the boys in the back, Tommy and Reese, for getting me all set up for yet another remote broadcast. Love taking this show on the road. If you missed anything in the show, caught up with B.J. Robertson, assistant head coach for the Montana State football team. Caught up with Clint May, track and field coach for the University of Montana. Talked a little bit about the Big Sky Conference women's basketball openings. Wendy Schuler abruptly fired earlier this week at Eastern Washington. So that means Portland State. Sac State, Eastern Washington, and of course Montana all have women's basketball head coaching openings. Brooks Nuanas, SkylineSportsMT.com, swung by the show. Do a little buy or sell all the way around the wide world of sports. And of course, we heard from our good friend Carolyn, the chick who doesn't know sports. The podcast presented by Blackfoot Communications as well as the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. I can't believe that I get to watch live football tomorrow. I, I honestly can't even get over it. It's an amazing thing. I'm going to be swinging by Montana State football practice tomorrow. And uh, can't wait for my first impression of the Brent Vegan era. Can't wait to see how they do things. It was pretty fun watching Jeff Choate and his staff coach. It'll be interesting to see how he compares and contrasts. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 